On this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by First Fidelity Bank, it's game week, people. We jump right into local college football news by looking at OU's depth chart and breaking down Missouri State with Wyatt Wheeler, who covers the Missouri State Bears as closely as anyone. We also discuss Oklahoma State and Tulsa postponing their game. In the National College Football Roundup, we touch on the biggest stories from this week and then give you a few games we have our eyes on this weekend. We wet the beak with the NFL opener between the Chiefs and Texans and also look at the spread in the Browns-Ravens matchup. We give you our winners and losers of the week and discuss Billy Donovan's departure in keeping it local. Please download and subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars, and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right. Our man Michael Osti will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Thursday, September 10th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by First Fidelity Bank. First Fidelity Bank is a full-service financial institution based in Oklahoma with tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs, checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more. They do it all, whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone. Everything is stress-free with FFB making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts couldn't be easier. First Fidelity Bank provides free ATMs worldwide, making banking convenient wherever you are. They're still working on that new offer for our listeners. We will keep you posted on that. But First Fidelity Bank also gives back to the community. They donate a total of more than $500,000 to local charities and educational foundations. Make your life easier and go bank with First Fidelity Bank. Visit ffb.com for more information. Now, recording this on Wednesday night, and Ted, I can smell football. Finally, a little cold front coming through, some football weather outside. It feels like football, it smells like football. <laughs> I'm getting a little excited. I, I'm trying to I'm trying to keep my cool, but uh, and I know there's already been some football played. Like I understand that we've seen some college football played, but it, it it really doesn't feel real, right? With everything that's happened this year, with all the doubts we had about this season, it really doesn't feel real until your team plays. You know what I mean? And we are so close to watching the Oklahoma Sooners kick off against Missouri State. I can almost taste it. I know. It's, we're right there. It, we're getting close. We're starting to break through the threshold of, of hours away. And we're not out of the woods yet. We got big 12 games <laughs> dropping like flies right now, Gabe. We'll get into that. <laughs> we'll get into that. But what this is how I, I woke up this morning and I was like, 
what, I think we're two COVID tests away, right? Yeah, two. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's how I'm starting how to think it of it. That's how I'm starting to think of it. So, yeah, but I, I don't know about the rest of you guys. I'm getting fired up for some football in the state of Oklahoma. So let's get right to it. Uh, let's, let's talk local college football news. And that is brought to you by Will and Wiley Hard Seltzer. Guys, stop acting like you're too manly and just accept it. Hard seltzer is amazing, and there's only one hard seltzer that we drink on this podcast, and that is Will and Wiley hard seltzer from Coop Aleworks. It's perfect for any occasion. We drink it by the pool, at the lake, and at the tailgate. It's made in Oklahoma, and it is absolutely delicious. Will and Wiley is customized for the Oklahoma lifestyle. Go find it right now in a store near you, and go follow them on social media at, at Will and Wiley. If you're drinking some because of us, tag us in your social media posts to let them know. All right, let's get to the OU news. OU released a depth chart. And we were going through it. Really no huge surprises uh, from, you know, kind of what we've talked about on here. I mean, if you listen to this podcast, you already knew that the staff loves Anton Harrison. Now, some people may be surprised to see him placed as the starter there at left tackle. But uh, I also think the tackle at situation, or the, the situation at tackle is fluid, is probably uh, the best way to put it. Uh, interviewed Bill Beanbow today, in fact, and he wants to keep Adrian Ely at right tackle, but Ely has actually taken more reps throughout training camp at left tackle. But the bottom line is there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to play on the offensive line on Saturday. So I, I didn't really see any other real surprises. We knew Obialo had been impressive. So I did, did you see any other surprise on the offensive side of the ball, Ted? Um, offensively, I mean, <laughs> I guess the only real surprise for me is that Ronnie Perkins was listed as a starter uh, Ramondre Stevenson was listed on there. I mean, some of the guys that we expect to be suspended listed right there on the depth chart. Now, I guess the rumor is we're going to find out pretty quickly as to what the NCAA is going to rule on that. But, I mean, it's surprising. It shouldn't be. I mean, Lincoln Riley's been pretty consistent all along that he hasn't really even, you know, um, factored that in so to see him on there I was still just kind of like well okay <laughs> we'll see and, and one thing that may surprise people is Chris Murray who I've talked about very highly he, he's not on the depth chart well they haven't heard back still from the NCA about his eligibility like they're still waiting and I'll be honest that pisses me off it's ridiculous I mean you're prepare, you play a game this week. You're preparing for a game, and you've got appeals with, what, three guys. Um, you've got another guy that's got a transfer that's waiting on a waiver. And here it is. We're going to be into Thursday on a game week, and you've got coaches trying to prepare. You've got kids that are trying to prepare as if they're going to play and still have that hanging over their head where they don't know. I mean, have a, a, a little respect for the situation and give an answer in a timely manner. It makes me mad. I'm I'm one hundred percent with you. I feel like we've been bitching about this for a while now. Like like yes or no. Come on. 
it's 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 an easy yes or no. Um, I know that there's a lot of complicated stuff going on over there at the NCA, but I, I mean, come on, guys, let's let's give these kids some clarity. Let them know where they stand. Now, looking on the defensive side hey, of the quickly, depth chart. Ooh, before we move over, I wanted to ask you about offensive line because we like all the players on this too deep pretty much, right? I mean, there's not a whole lot of fall off between the guys. But for you, is it – because we expect a bunch of different guys to work in and work in at maybe some different spots. You know, for me on the outside watching offensive line, it always seems like like the cohesion and chemistry – of a group working together is always like one of the most critical factors. Is that harder when you have different guys playing on, on different series and maybe playing in different positions? For sure. For sure. There, there's no doubt that the more you play, um, if it's a tackle next to your guard, if it's at center in between your guards, like the more snaps you take together, you develop better communication and a lot of people, when you hear the word communication for offensive line, they think of just verbal communication, right? I know this sounds weird, and I, it may be the same uh, on defense, Ted, with some of those positions, but offensive line is one of those positions where if you take enough snaps together, eventually you know what the guy next to you is going to do, mm-hmm. how he's going to react, and that – Verbal communication becomes instinct and becomes nonverbal. And that's when you, you, you see the, the best offensive lines, whether it's college football or the NFL, they're constantly communicating. But you also see that guys just, hey, twist game, they pass it off. They may not even have to say a word. They just know. Now, you clearly, you want to talk as much as you can on the field. But, yeah, you start putting guys – especially guys that maybe don't have experience on the field. It is the, you know how it is. It's yeah. different under the and bright here, lights. And here's the other thing. And the more an offensive line talks, the defensive line isn't sitting out there with their fingers in their ears. They're listening to what's going on with the protection. Like if, if I'm an edge rusher and I hear a tackle tap his butt, and say, squeeze it. I know the backs got me and I, I am darting. I'm flying through there. So Defenses are picking up on those things as the game goes on, and the the better an offensive line is, like you said, the less communication that goes on. People don't see you know, pick up. And on there that. is, and the kind of the you know the road games will be weird because you're not going to have that loud opposing crowd. They'll still be able to communicate things like that. So it's going to be kind of a different animal than teams are used to. But a, a guy like Creed Humphrey, he knows this offense so well, right? been starting for a couple years, you know, has had an all-off season to really learn more football with all this meeting time and just know this offense like the back of his hand. A guy like that, if you have experienced guys around you, you can start working in fake calls, which is something that experienced centers with experienced offensive linemen around him do all the time, especially in the National Football League. You have concepts – you know, let's, let's take a concept that Oklahoma runs all the time. Play action pass, backside guard, pulls, has the contained player, right? Well, you can, you can do that with no communication. So in the huddle, you say, hey, I'm going to give a dummy call. You give some of your run calls. 
to sell the play action. I mean, it's simple things like that that veteran offensive lines and veteran centers can do. Now, you put a guy out there that's never played and you start making dummy calls and all of a sudden, shit can go terribly. Like, it can go very wrong. It didn't take offenses very long uh, to walk to the line of scrimmage and say, opposite, opposite, and the defense be like, oh, here we go, like foaming at the mouth. Uh, And that's a – I mean, Drew Brees, when I was in New Orleans, Drew Brees was the king. Hey, in the huddle, first thing you say, he goes, hey, I'm going to go dummy opposite here. That's the first thing. He's like, ignore it. So you get up to the line, hey, opposite, opposite. And it meant absolutely nothing. You knew exactly what play. But, but, you, but you could see those linebackers' eyes start lighting up, right? Here we go, baby. Zone. Yeah, it, it, it's the same with defensive tackles. They know that when the center says a word that starts with R, he's most likely sliding to the right. And when he says a word with an L, he's most likely sliding to the left. Now, Oklahoma, they do it a little differently. I'm not going to tell you how they do it, but it's pretty smart how they do it. But, yeah, it's things like that. You, you have to fight against that when you're a veteran offensive lineman. And, wow, we got off on an offensive line tangent there. <laughs> you did. get it back on the rails, hey, Lane. I love talking some shop, though. I love hearing you guys talk offensive line. Or you guys, you talk offensive line. Yeah. Any surprises on the defense, on the depth chart for you, Ted? Anything um, really stand out? I don't think so. I think one thing to watch is um, – Brendan Walker, I know we've talked about him. That's your boy uh, from up in the hood. Uh, Benito's going to be great. Um, I know they've got Deshaun White and Asamoah listed as the starting Mike and Will, and I think that's probably going to happen early in the game. But is going to work in really quickly at Mike Backer and get a lot of time there. Uh, but I imagine that all of those guys listed are going to get quite a bit of time in the game. Um, they really like what they see from several different uh, young guys. Reggie Grimes is probably going to factor in some uh, on the back end, probably work some of those safeties in. But all in all, nothing really uh, surprising. Trey Norwood's listed as a, a, a two on there, and I don't think it's going to be very long at all before he's, he's up into the starting rotation. Missed yeah. a lot of time. He, you know, he didn't get a, a spring. He's coming off of an ACL um, you know, there's been guys in and out of the lineup throughout the training camp. So as, as they move through a little bit here, I think Trey's going to work his way in the starting lineup. Yeah, and uh, I think uh, I interviewed Grinch today, and I think we're going to see a lot of players on defense get snaps in the first half. Mm-hmm. So He likes to play the, up to 23, 24 guys. Yeah, I, I mean, not when the regular. game is – yeah, not when the game is out of hand, like – we're going to see a lot of guys. I I get the sense that there is a serious competition for playing time in the secondary. Like he really likes some of these young guys, and then he's like he likes some of these young guys that have played a little more. And those guys, I mean, these game reps are going to go a long way in determining who's on the field against Kansas State. So it, it, it's going to be fun to watch those guys obviously just play, but they know they're competing against each other with the way they played I now. Mean, it's been like an open topic that, you know, they like Turner Yell and they like Fields, but they want the two Washington kids to push them, right? It's like 
we want our safety play to be way better. Uh, that we're just telling you right now, those jobs are up for grabs. And I think they've been happy with the way uh, Turner Yale and uh, Pat Fields have, have kind of answered the call there, but they're still expecting those younger kids to push for those spots. Yeah, and two names that Grinch mentioned first when I brought up freshmen were Brendan Walker and Reggie Grimes. So I think we should expect uh, a lot of snaps for those guys coming off the edge. Okay, this is, this is something new we're going to do for the podcast. Uh, we're going to try to find someone each week there's a game to come on and talk about Oklahoma's opponent. And we found the one human being on planet Earth, literally, that covers Missouri State. He is the only guy in the sports department at his newspaper there in Springfield, Missouri. When he told us that, I was like, oh, my gosh, dude, how much are you working? Busy he's dude. Yeah, he's a busy dude. And his name is Wyatt Wheeler. He covers Missouri State for the Springfield News Leader. And here's our interview with Wyatt. It is our pleasure to be joined by Wyatt Wheeler, who covers the Missouri State Bears uh, amongst a lot of other things for the Springfield News Leader there in Springfield, Missouri. Wyatt, how are you doing, man? I'm good. Uh, happy it's game week and uh, have some football to talk about. Been uh, sick of talking about viruses and other crap, but uh, happy to be here. Yeah, I. every time I kept Googling for information on the Missouri State football team, your articles kept popping up. So I was like, okay, I have a choice here. I can just repeat everything this man has written and claim it as my own, or I can reach out to him and have him on the podcast. I figured the latter was the better option. Yeah, I like my credit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, before before this offseason, it would have just been one in ten stuff. Not very good. You could have just gone with that. But, I mean, uh, interest is around Missouri State football kind of right now with the bold hire of a new coach. And uh, it's been it's been a fun time. Talk about just exactly that, the hire. Bobby Petrino, um, it's a big name coming in. He's accomplished a lot. Um, NFL, college football, recent Heisman Trophy winner. What has that meant for the program so far? It's meant a lot. I mean, you, you have all the controversy that comes with the name. Uh, that wasn't lost on anybody this, the day that it started floating around that that could be the name. Um, but, I mean, it's paid off tremendously for Missouri State. I mean, I've heard the emails have kind of gone away to some of the administrators who weren't happy with it at the beginning, and it's just turned into football. I mean, this is uh, – this is a name that's kind of built programs before. Um, he's taken over a team that went one and ten, hasn't made the postseason since 1990. Um, just uh, was horrific. Has been horrific to watch in recent years. And I mean, he just uh, just having that offensive uh, background that he has has uh, passed with quarterbacks. It's kind of brought some respect to the program that it hasn't had in a long time, and I think it's paid a lot of dividends when you just kind of look at the uh, people that he's been able to bring in so far this offseason. It's been kind of uh, pretty impressive how much he's been able to kind of overhaul that roster and kind of make it look like it can be competitive come uh, conference time when, uh, when it was a 1-10 in 10 roster a year ago. Now, Wyatt, you, you mentioned that roster. Uh, you put out uh, the, the roster that they released. Uh, 
this week and I'm going through it and I'm looking at the size of these guys, you know, cause you hear FCS, even though Missouri Valley, very well respected, but one in 10 last year, you're thinking, okay, these are going to be undersized guys. You look at that defensive line. I'm like, wait, they've got DNs that are 270. They've got all kinds of big wide receivers. I mean, has Missouri State had these type of players, or is this, like you mentioned, is this a new influx of people that Petrino's brought in? At different positions, it's different. Um, defensive line was pretty much overhauled this offseason. A guy like Isaiah Sales uh, starting one of the defensive ends. Uh, Juco guy, pretty highly touted. Uh, Bobby thinks he's going to be an elite pass rusher once conference season comes around. Uh, you have – they got a pretty good uh, defensive tackle before Dave Steckel was let go uh, in that in that uh, that December signing class, and he was being recruited by like Kentucky and some other pretty good pretty good Division One schools. Um, and he decided to go to Missouri State. And he's going to be starting as a true freshman at the tackle. Uh, they got another they uh, they they had a transfer from Kansas State that's uh, going to be starting at defensive end. So, I mean, they've, they've overhauled that part of the roster pretty well. At receivers, I think receivers has been the strength of the team the last few years. It's just they haven't been able to take advantage of any of it. They've had some good size. Uh, they moved – Bobby came in and did move uh, all freshmen uh, tight end to one of the receivers to add a little more size and Jordan Murray. But these, these have been – the receivers have been really good the past few years. It's just they've had such an – and I, I, I've, I mean, I've harped on this, uh, this offense in the past, but the past five years, Missouri State's been running an elementary offense, just kind of a basic, uh, basic read option, uh, throw it to the first read or tuck and run for the quarterback. And I, I, I saw more complex offenses at some of the high schools in town. Uh, that's just kind of how, that's how mediocre and how bad these offensive play calling's been the past few years. And kind of has contributed to that one in ten last year, poor records and year before. Um, but I, I, that's that's the thing that people are excited to see Bobby Petrino's offense come out with the four-star quarterback transfer, going to be throwing to some of these big receivers and utilize that a little more. And offensive line, they got a, they got a lot bigger. Um, a, a lot of good, the guys that were uh, placed in that first depth chart of the season today. Um, most of them have been here before. So, I mean, these guys kind of worked this offseason. I don't know how they got in a weight room, but they found a way to get in there. Uh, <laughs> a lot of, and there's, they've, everybody on the team did pretty well at uh, getting bigger this offseason. So, I mean, bits and pieces have been there, uh, just not utilized well. But Bobby did a pretty good job at uh, hitting the positions that he needed to. Tell us a little bit more about Jaden Johnson. You mentioned it, a former four-star recruit. Uh, Bobby Petrino recruited him uh, whenever he was at Louisville. Uh, Jaden has transferred from Southern Miss, but uh, a really good athlete coming out of high school, uh, dual threat type of guy, it sounds like. Yeah, I've been really impressed every time I've seen Jaden Johnson. Um, uh, it's just, it's a quarterback that I haven't seen since covering Missouri State, and I've been here five years. Um, and this is a quarterback with a good arm. Uh, he's pretty accurate, and uh, I mean, he's and he's young. He's a redshirt freshman. He was recruited by Bobby at Louisville, like you said. He was able to see up close and personal how Bobby turned uh, Lamar Jackson into a Heisman winner, and uh, I mean, he got to know Lamar a little bit when he was there. So I mean, 
they they established that relationship pretty early and uh he did, he went to southern miss didn't get pro, he didn't get the things that he was promised once he committed there after bobby was let go at louisville um and then uh bobby decided to come to missouri state and Jaden saw that and decided he wanted to come down as well but i've been i've been really impressed with him um there was no clear there was no, there was no competition at that there was nobody else there's nobody on the team with really college football experience even at the FCS level so I mean it was Jaden Johnson's job far and away um, he gets the ball out pretty quick uh, that's one thing that kind of stuck out in some of the scrimmage practices that we saw early on um, and he's he can fit the ball into some places uh, it, I think we'll see some freshman moments uh, early on in the season maybe even probably even Saturday but I think he has the the tools and the body type and everything you kind of need in a quarterback to be one of those better guys in the Missouri Valley football conference. And uh, he's not going to be Trey Lance probably, but he's going <laughs> to, he's, he's going to, I think he's going to be up there with some of the good ones in that conference in the next few years. So uh, looking at those wide receivers that you say have been a strength, who, who do you think Jaden Johnson's go-to guy? Is it going to be Lorenzo Thomas, who certainly looks the part, right? 6'5", 200 pounds, what, I think three-year starter. Is that going to be his go-to guy in this football game, you think? I think a mix of him. He's kind of been in and out of quarantine this offseason, so I don't know how much familiarity they've been able to build with each other. There's a lot we haven't seen as well, just from practice restrictions, from media. Um, but I would say anytime you have a six five guy, you're kind of looking for him to throw it up to him. Um, he's been a he's been really good for past quarterbacks, um, and I mean it's, he's just been a guy you could throw it up to, and he's going to go get it. He's been able to beat some guys that, uh, out wide, so I mean he's been really good. I think the Morier Vic uh, is somebody that it's going to be targeted a lot. He's uh, he's a little faster, not as tall as uh, Lorenzo, but he's able to get open, and I think. Uh, I think some of those quick passes and everything that they're going to probably need to do with a shaky offensive line coming into this game. I think the Morier Vic is somebody that's going to be targeted a lot. And that's somebody that I've, that when we've been able to see, that's who Jaden's been targeting. I thought it was interesting to, to see that. Uh, I think his name's pronounced Keishan Parker was the junior college defensive player of the year. And they moved him to fullback. Um, they got him to come in and moved him over to fullback. You know, we know at Oklahoma, H-back, fullback has been a big position for us that we use a lot in the passing game. Uh, sometimes those guys will carry the balls. Is that kind of the type of role you're going to see him in? Yeah, it's, it's, it was an interesting thing. I think a lot, everybody was excited to get the JUCO Defensive Player of the Year at the very beginning. But uh, I remember back on signing day when Bobby was able to land him, uh, asked Bobby about him because that was the one everybody was looking at. And he's like, oh, I see a fullback in him. So it's like, okay, you probably you, – you could see a fullback in him, but we see a JUCO defensive player of the year. But I think through the recruiting that Bobby did over the summer, uh, a little bit more, he landed the transfer and Breon Dixon, who is a Under Armour All-American in high school, went to uh, Ole Miss. The Hugh Freeze stuff happened. He ended up at Nebraska and then at JUCO when he didn't play as much, and now he's here. So he's been able to add a little more depth. There's a Lucas Eatman, who is one of the better prize recruits in years past, who's going to be a redshirt freshman starter this year. So I think they felt pretty comfortable with that defensive, uh, with with that defense, uh, with the, what they had at depth at linebacker, where they were able to just flip them over to offense. 
Um, the one thing I am concerned about is their running game right now, um, just because they have a they have a pretty good running back in Jeremiah Wilson, uh, who's not going to be available for Saturday. He's coming off a November ACL tear. Um, he's been he's been really good when he's been put in there. Um, he's just not quite ready to go for Saturday. So I, I'm not sure how much we're able to see Keyshawn go uh, with uh, go against some of those guys go, go to a more power offense. Um, but every time I've seen him with the ball, he looks natural. Uh, he's a high school running back, uh, ginormous legs, and I wouldn't want to get in front of him. I mean, he's a he's kind of a shorter he's kind of a shorter load to just kind of bring down and. Uh, he brings it, but I, I'm not. I, I'm not sure how much we see him on Saturday, but I think that's going to be a part of the Bears' offense once they're able to start running the ball because they're pretty thin at tailback right now. Wyatt, usually when you know a, a Power Five team plays an FCS team, the the big advantage is the line of scrimmage. Uh, in your opinion, do you think Missouri State's offensive line or defensive line will hold up better on Saturday? Yeah, it's just I have a hard time saying because I know how good Oklahoma's offensive line is. Um, just a veteran group with NFL guys on there. Um, I, the defensive line is the better position group on the Bears. Um, but I, just looking at what Oklahoma brings on that offensive line is just something I have a hard time seeing if Missouri State's going to have too much success at that. But at the same time, I know Missouri State's offensive line just hasn't been able to play too much together. Uh, they've been kind of in and out of quarantine, and they don't have that cohesiveness and everything that you kind of want to see in an offensive line. Um, and there's kind of the question going into the year, and they were a big question last year. And that's something, uh, even, even on Monday when we got to talk to Bobby, he was saying that's, a, that's something that we're going to need to improve on a lot going into the season, uh, just seeing that offensive line. So I think that's – I think offensive line's probably the biggest concern. I think defensive line could probably hold its own a little bit. Um, yeah, I think Bobby's a good enough play caller that you're going to be able to see him take some pressure off of that offensive line, get Jaden moving a little bit to try to hit some receivers, um, which is something Missouri State hasn't had in the past, just having that offensive play caller that'll help him out like that. So I think that's going to be something that's going to be interesting to watch. Um, but yeah, they, uh, bo both lines, both ends of the line of scrimmage, I'd say Oklahoma. So clearly the advantage of an average. But, I uh, hope so, man. <laughs> you would hope so. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think the defensive line group from Missouri State's a lot stronger than uh, the offensive line at the moment. So, obviously, it's been a – let's just be honest, it's been a horrible year. Um, you know, it looked like for a long time college football wasn't going to be played. Um, I mean, up until just a couple of weeks ago, it felt like maybe this thing's not going to happen. Uh, Missouri State all along has been saying, hey, we're there, we're playing. I know the rest of our conference isn't. I know most of uh, Division One AA is not, but we're going to play. Uh, what has it been like for these players knowing that they've got a three-game season? And, you know, Coach Petrino, whether or not this is true, I don't know, but I always have kind of pictured him, and he's been portrayed as – kind of a curmudgeon a little bit. And I just wonder if he's made this a little bit lighter on the guys. Like, we're playing one of the best teams in college football. We got a three-game season. Let's have some fun with this. Have you sensed that at all? 
A little bit. The players love them. I mean, uh, the I, I've I mean, I've talked to Louisville people, some reporters back from there who who dealt with them, and I mean, I just heard horror stories coming into year, but and even how much I would have to interact with them and everything. But I can't I can't say a bad word about them uh, just from my interactions and everything with them so far. Um, they had them. They had the march, the Black Lives Matter march, just a couple weeks ago, and. Bobby was there helping coordinate everything and helping the players put that together with administration. So, I mean, he's shown the players that he's kind of had their backs and everything throughout all this. And I mean, it's just talking to him the other day. It's like, Hey, you're going to be a 40 points plus underdog going into this game. And that's probably something you're not used to because you're used to being the one paying the other team to come in and lose. Um, just uh, like what's what's kind of your mindset? And he's like, I just want I want to see them play hard, and I want to see them do the things we asked them to do. I think uh, he knows that he didn't have a spring season. He knows that he had players in and out of quarantine throughout this entire preseason trying to get to this game, and uh, I, I think he's just uh, I think they're okay with whatever happens uh, as long as they're out there doing what they're asked to do as far as playing hard, sticking to assignments and things. Um, I, I, he's, I mean, the cameras are going to probably catch him being angry on the sideline because that's kind of, uh, that, that's, I mean, we've been able to see that in practice. He's kind of, he's kind of the one yelling at guys all the time and uh, demanding perfection out of the players. But I think, uh, I think that's just the coaching that style that he's had his entire career. And I think the players are really bought in and appreciative of it. And I think uh, they're happy to be playing. Uh, that's just uh, the thing that they've been happy saying the whole time. They're, they, feel, they, they say all the things that they're going to be confident going into a game, of course. They bleed just like how we bleed is kind of the thing that was said the other day. Um, but I, I think uh, just kind of finding those little moral victories in a team that's gone 1-10 and 10 last year, had to make the postseason in 30 years. He knows he's in for a rebuild and needs to build some things up from a team that has the program that hasn't been good uh, at all in recent years. And I think uh, he's kind of understanding of that. And it's just going to uh, – they're going to take the moral victories and move on week by week. All right, Wyatt. Give us your score prediction, man. I hate to put you on the spot, but is this, a, is this one maybe closer than the experts think? I have Missouri State 35, Oklahoma 28. <laughs> <laughs> hey, whoa, yeah. no. Uh, I, get, I, think, I think Missouri State's able to make, score some points. I can see them in the 20s range, 20s, uh, maybe a high 20s. Um, but I still see Oklahoma scoring 50-plus, 60-plus. Uh, I know I'm kind of on the fence there, trying not to give you a big score just to – uh, because of covering these guys, but uh, <laughs> but I mean, it's gonna be it's. I mean, it's Oklahoma's gonna probably do what Oklahoma's supposed to do against the Missouri State of the world. I mean, they did what they were supposed to do against South Dakota a year ago, and South Dakota's better than Missouri State right now. So I mean, you're gonna see something in the range that's just like high fifties to maybe low twenties, or maybe even in the sixties to high twenties. It's uh. It's a ta- it's a big ask for Missouri State. Missouri State's going to make the six hundred thousand dollars at the end of the game, and they're going to. You're happy. damn right they are. They're going to be. They're going to be happy to take. They're going to be happy to take that paycheck at the end of the day. All right, Wyatt. We really appreciate your time. All you guys, uh, go follow Wyatt on Twitter at Wyatt Wheeler underscore NL. 
He'll have all the Missouri State news uh, for kickoff on Saturday. Wyatt, we really appreciate your time, man. Thanks a yeah, lot. Had a, good, had a good time. Thanks, guys. You look at that depth chart for Missouri State, and I know that this is going to be a blowout. Or there better be a blowout. Maybe that's a better way to put it. But, Teddy, they got, they got some size, man. I was, when, when that depth chart came out, I was – I was I not, you, not shocked. I was like, have you seen this team? I mean, yeah, you've got uh, two 6'5 wide receivers, a 6'4 wide receiver, a 6'7 tight end. You look at the defensive line across that front, 6'4, 6'5, 275, 280 pounds. Uh, they got a 6'4, 200-pound corner who's a former uh, super highly recruited guy, went to Virginia Tech, so – uh, Bobby Petrino's turned that roster over pretty quickly in just one year. It, I don't know how well they're going to play, but they're going to look damn good. <laughs> like if those heights and weights are legit, they're going to look pretty damn good. So um, I'm excited. I'm excited, guys. It's game week. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. All right, one more piece of local college football news. Obviously a bummer of a piece of news. Uh, the Tulsa and Oklahoma State game is postponed to September 19th. Now, it will be on ESPN at 11 a.m., so some nice nice shine for the Pokes and the Golden Hurricanes. So help me out, though, Teddy, because this is how I understand it. They delayed this game because Tulsa had a COVID-19 problem at some point and they've only been able to practice seven times since I think it said, what, August 7th or whenever it was that they decided to postpone. That's the day. They had only practiced seven times since August 7th. Did, did they still have a problem? Did they not have enough guys to play? Because, okay, I am how I am. I, and I, I'm a bit of a cold-hearted bastard at some points. <laughs> If I was Oklahoma State and I was Gundy and I was Holder, like, I'm forcing Tulsa to play that game if they have enough bodies. Like, if they can field the team, let's play because – We need to get it out of the – we need to they, get a break in there. Exactly. Not only do you want a break before your conference opener, but we don't know what next week holds. I mean, it's been clear, right? It has been established. We're seeing games postponed left and right. Like, if they had enough bodies, if both teams felt good about where they were, were just with the players they could put on the field, I, and I understand they had the good relationship with the Turnpike Classic and, and what they've done with this game, and, and I'm all for it, but you really don't know what next week holds so if you have the guys to play, you need to play. I, I am, am I thinking of this like a crazy person? Like I, that's just when I saw this news, I was like, wait, like, can they not play now? Well, I, I'm with you a hundred percent. It's not fair, but there's a lot of stuff that's not going to be fair this year. I mean, you know, there's going to be teams that are trying to win a national championship may not be able to take the field with their starting quarterback. So uh, because he's tested positive, but he's sitting there asymptomatic. So that's not fair, but it's just going to be how the year is. My question about the situation is, 
is is Oklahoma State getting kind of a get out of jail free card here? Like, I don't nec- I don't know what their testing situation is. The fact that Tulsa said that they'd okay. like to move it, you know what I'm saying? So my uh, my two initial thoughts when I saw this come down. Number one, well, Oklahoma State should just make a play if they got enough guys. And then number two was, well, I wonder what Oklahoma State's Corona situation is. Right. And, and maybe, you know, they've been, they've been quiet on that front. Now they've released things just like Oklahoma had and just the numbers. But I, I, part of me wondered, like, okay, well, maybe they would have some key guys out. They don't want to play that right. game without some key guys. That, that was one of my thoughts. Now, we'll that's never the only find thing out, I probably. can think of is that they've been hit pretty hard with the kids coming back to school as well. They've been popping some tests. They've got some guys out with positives or contact tracing. And it's like, you know, we'd like to gear these guys up. You know, if we move it back a week, we can do that. So, I, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. Save face a little bit. But I, at the same time, I don't know what's wrong with them saying, hey, you know, we're, we're having some positive tests too. Um, you know, we, we're going to have to move it back. But. I, I, that's the only other thing I could, I could think of because any other way it just doesn't really make sense. And I wouldn't expect Oklahoma State to just totally let Tulsa off the hook. Tulsa right. knows what this is. I know they've got a named little rivalry between this thing here, but Tulsa knows what's going on here. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a, that's a great point. It's not like Tulsa is – I mean, they're just not a very good football team right now. They're, they're just not. They've been really bad the last couple of years. I hope they get better. I, I would like for them to get better. That would, I think that would be good. They've for, gone on some runs here and there. Um, right. Gosh, I remember one year we had three 10-win teams in the state. Was that 2012 or so? Uh, it's, it's been a while, though. I'd like to see them get better. Come on, Tulsa. Get back, get back to glory. Do your part. Come, Come on. on. Come on. All right, but that game will be September 19th. Hope it happens. I'm excited to watch it. All right, Ted, let's move on to the National College Football Roundup, and that is brought to you by Insurica. Do you own a business? If you do, you need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective, comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding a loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client, and you should be too. If your business wants to be best-in-class, connect with Insurica at insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A. Dot com. All right, let's hit just a couple of the big pieces of news real quick in the world of college football. Oregon's Pene Sewell, the best offensive lineman in the country, has opted out. That is surprising to absolutely no one. Now, TCU's game against SMU got postponed. Teddy told you guys that was going to happen, So, and it also hasn't been rescheduled yet. So if you're surprised by that one, that's on you for not listening to last episode. I mean, yeah, they um, they've been hit hard. Like 
I would say 10 days ago or so, they were completely without their defensive line. And then they come back and take that next round of testing. And uh, it was so bad that they shut down everything instantly and sent everyone home. Like not sent everyone away from the facility, go home, isolate. We're going to figure this thing out, (laughs) see who's been in contact with who. But uh, apparently they had uh, 26 players tested positive. Ooh. That's not even in count, including the contact tracing. So, um, bad news for TCU. They're shut down. Good news for TCU. Herd immunity, baby. We're, oh. we're getting close. We're we, getting close. We have not talked about the layman <laughs> theory in a while. And it, Come while on, Gabe. They, hey, they've got Iowa State in their opener. Their conference opener, and that's most likely going to be their first football game. Well, let's on be honest. September twenty sixth. So. I don't know Ooh. how upset they are that uh, they don't have to play SMU without their quarterback, without Max Duggan. That's you know? a pretty good point, dude. SMU team's pretty salty. Yeah. Uh, some other bad news in the Big Twelve: Baylor's game against Louisiana Tech was postponed because Louisiana Tech had thirty eight players test positive for the coronavirus. Now, some extenuating circumstances because something like 95% of the town there lost power because of the hurricane for some guys to go to other people's houses. Uh, Other guys had family members that were in dangerous spots in uh, South Louisiana come and stay with them at their places. So this is, this is one where I'm not even going to blame the kids. Like this is, extenuating circumstance of like this is the most extenuating circumstance ever like hey there's a pandemic oh yeah let's throw a hurricane on top of that so this just sucks teddy i I don't know what else to say this just this and i i don't think and i know that matt groves is talking about you know finding another opponent i I can't imagine this game gets played yeah i I mean it's it's not trending that way with that amount of guys testing positive. And you're right. It's like you've got all these different groups and teams and everyone's trying to stay somewhat in a bubble and the hurricane just comes in hurricane lore and just stirs the whole batch and mixes everyone up together. So um, you hate to see that, but here's the thing, man. Remember for everyone that tests positive, they do not have to test again for 90 days. So, everyone that's getting these this big mad slam of coronavirus here early on they're building up a a big group of guys that doesn't have to test anymore and the anxiety level for the coaches on that friday test is going to start dropping the more guys that are on that that 90-day list louisiana tech big believers in the layman theory I'm no. telling you, Gabe, we'd be, I mean, we'd be on cruise control right now if we would just had that chicken pox party back in the summer. Hey, you know, you know, they've, OU's had their issues. That's what I'll say. They're, they've had, they've had their issues. Now, probably my favorite piece of news uh, in college football this week comes from Miami. Manny Diaz said that they will indeed wipe down the turnover chain after a guy puts it on and takes it off, I I suppose it, you can't be too careful here in 2020. When I saw this, I was like, 
damn it, we can't even like experience the stupid turnover chain normally. They're going to have to sanitize it. I mean, there's a couple of things. Number one, the fact that he said that, I would assume that some ass at the media gathering asked the question, right? Well, if there's going to be multiple guys where the turnover chain, is somebody going to make sure that it's sanitized? Yes, we're going to sanitize the turnover chain. We've actually got a designated guy that Cloroxes the turnover chain. The other thing is it's stupid crap like this that makes everyone everywhere lose all credibility whenever they're trying to tell us to do something to to mitigate the virus. They're telling me that it's not safe to have four guys go out for the coin toss on each team because maybe even though they've all tested all week and they're about to play a four-hour football game, that somehow if a guy fist bumps another dude, stands five yards apart and says, tells that they're all going to pass the virus to one another. It's stupid crap like this that makes everyone lose all credibility in my mind. It drives me insane. I I can tell you really like any any topic that has to deal with the coronavirus right now. It's almost like you just Ugh. want to see some football play. Are you okay, man? Okay, can now we kick this game off, please. I I'm gonna take people a little bit behind the curtain, and people that watch the YouTube version of this will notice this undoubtedly. There is a fly that keeps can you landing on Teddy's face while we're recording. And I feel like this is, I feel like that fly is leading to a little bit of this anger. There is. I'm just going to draw an ink spot on my head to where it looks like the fly is constantly there. I'm going to kill him in a second. So if I go crazy and slam my wife's keyboard onto a fly, just know that I'm going to get him and he's dead. Good. Good. That is good. That does make me feel better knowing that you're going to kill the fly now <laughs> i'm keeping this in it's a I'm big keeping, slow one I'm it's keep, a big slow one i'm keeping it in all right now there are some you know not great but solid games this week got some some top 25 teams playing uh syracuse is going to north carolina duke is going to notre dame in the big 12 we've got louisiana that is, and once again, pretty good football team going to Iowa State. Uh, that one could be a little interesting. Also one that kind of intrigues me, Arkansas State, who had a pretty solid showing in their opener against Memphis. They're going to Manhattan to take on Kansas State. Teddy, when you look at some of the other games, other than the Oklahoma game, obviously, is there one game that kind of, you know, catches your eye that you're interested in watching? I want to see I want to see the big dogs to see who's clicking early because um, we've talked about it a billion times, but it's been a strange training camp, strange lead up into a season. Uh, I want to see what teams were able to stay the most focused, have the most starters out there, have, have consistency in their practice. And, you know, we've seen some ugly football here out of the gate from teams. 
And I think that's going to continue. Even with the teams that we, we are so used to, uh, really talent-heavy teams going out and playing well early on, I think it's going to be rough for everyone. Now, I don't expect Duke to beat Notre Dame, but at the same time, I don't expect Notre Dame to look like a college football playoff team right out of the gate. Um, I think North Carolina is getting – I like what Mac Brown's done there. I think that team's got a little bit of confidence to them. I think they've recruited really well, and that's good for them. But I think they're getting way too much credit too quickly. So I think that Syracuse UNC What are you talking about, man? Good. Sam Howell's going to win the Heisman. Just deal with it. Could, could happen. He better win this first game. So um, I think that one's interesting. That's a big point spread in North Carolina's favor. And uh, Syracuse is a, is a well-coached football team. So, I mean, in the Louisiana-Iowa State game, you know, I expect Iowa State to be a really good football team. Like this may be their best shot in the history of the program going back and in the future of the program going forward for them to ever have a chance at winning the Big 12. Like this is it for them. Campbell's going to be gone in the next couple of years. He's going to take a big time job. They've got the Big 12 leading passer coming back, one of the best defenses. So I think that game's going to be really fun too. Yeah. And the one game that I think I'm going to be playing, paying close attention to is. Kansas State taking on Arkansas State. Now, it has a lot to do with K-State being OU's next opponent, but I'm just really curious to see what Kansas State looks like in year two under Chris Kleiman. Now, they're replacing all five starters on their offensive line from last year. They're replacing a lot of production from that defensive line. Scotty Hazleton's out as their DC. Remember, he left. They lost a lot of players. But I just think Chris Kleiman's a damn good coach. And I think they really found some things that worked well for Skylar Thompson last year. I mean, OU fans remember it better than anyone, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm interested to see what his development looks like. And I, I think he could be a, a really improved player. And then, like I said earlier, Arkansas State, they, they didn't look terrible against Memphis. I mean, that was a competitive football game for a while. So I remember Kansas State uh, had to shut down several times right. uh, in the That's summer, a great point. in training camp. So they haven't had a very good run-up to this thing either. And they're taking on a team – already this early that's already played a football game which this year means a whole heck of a lot that's a I mean that's a really good point it's like I know that Arkansas lost but they've played like they've played an actual game they've their guys the have seen atmosphere. game speed right and Memphis yeah. has got some speed so yeah that they they have experienced the weirdness of a college football game this year in, in Kansas State has it. So I, I got my eye on that game. And Vegas knows something. They 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 know something because you you look at that spread. You know, last time I looked at it, I I think it was somewhere in the you know minus ten and a half range for Kansas State. So they know something. They always know something, Teddy. They always, always. speaking always. of that, let's move on to our segments. And since it is Thursday. We're going to wet the beak just a little bit, talk a little sports gambling. And wet the beak is brought to you by Tim Hughes Custom Homes. 
Are you looking to build your dream home? If so, Tim Hughes is the man you're looking for. Tim Hughes Custom Homes is a one-stop shop for all of your home building needs. He can find you a lot. He can find you an architect. He'll find you financing. And of course, he can build your dream home exactly the way you want it. Sounds too good to be true, right? Well, Tim found my wife and me a lot. He found us an architect and built our new house and showed up to my house today when I told him that water was dripping from the roof into the gutter and it was making a very loud, annoying dripping sound and it needed to go away. Showed up, fixed it. True story. Uh, uh, what did he do? Put a little sponge in there to it's where it like, drips under the sponge? He was sponge. like, he's like, I've got ideas. You may, maybe field turf. I've got this spongy stuff. Let me call the gutter guys. And it got fixed. It got fixed. It was great. So, uh, yeah, Tim's the man. But You're the if, client from hell. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, if any lives right next to me, literally like 100 yards from me. You go knock so, on his door. Hey, Tim, my uh, <laughs> toilet's clogged up. <laughs> so, uh, he also builds office buildings. So, if your business is looking to build a custom office, Tim Hughes is your man. You can see Tim's custom builds throughout Gallardia, Nichols Hills, Oak Tree, Stone Mill, and Rose Creek. It is a great time to build the house of your dreams. For more information to see Tim's spectacular work, visit his Instagram page at Tim Hughes Custom Homes or visit TimHughesCustomHomes.com. All right, Ted, let's wet the beak a little bit. Let's look at some NFL games. I mean, it's already that time. The Houston Texans traveled to Arrowhead to take on the Kansas City Chiefs to open the NFL season. They will raise a banner or a flag or whatever teams do. Everyone will know they won the Super Bowl. It'll be displayed somewhere in very big numbers. We'll see if the Super Hangover, Super Bowl hangover is real, but it seems unlikely with the Chiefs offense having that Patrick Mahomes guy. He's, he's pretty solid. They also they add Clyde Edwards Lair to the ridiculous group of Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Miko Hardman, Sammy Watkins. I know the Texans, yeah, they they got rid of that problem, DeAndre Hopkins. Wait, what? That was the weirdest trade ever, but they've, they've added Randall Cobb. They've got the walking concussion known as Brandon Cooks instead of DeAndre Hopkins. Dude, that trade just bothered me so much, but – Curious to see what David Johnson looks like. Remember, that's who they got in that trade with Arizona. So it's going to be fun now. It would have been the most fun betting on a prop of how many times they will mention Deshaun Watson (laughs) and Patrick Mahomes' new contracts because I I can't imagine how many times they're going to talk about it on the broadcast. But the spread, it's it's a little robust. Kansas City minus nine. Kansas City a nine point favorite, Teddy. That I mean, that is big in an opener. No, I mean, yeah, it's it's way too big. The scores are going to be 23-20 Chiefs. Uh it's going to be a tight football game. They're going to win it by three. Um here's the thing about Kansas City. They're human. Okay. Coming off a Super Bowl win, which, you know well-earned, well-deserved, take it all in. And then you go into an off-season that's not typical, where the guys have been virtual. You've been at home. You've been doing your own thing. It's all up to you. 
right? You're coming off of, of that successful of a season, just kind of sitting a little high on the hog. Yeah, we can turn it on whenever we need to. You look at Patrick Mahomes. He's an unbelievable quarterback, but he's human. And when someone hands you a half a billion dollars, now I know they didn't hand it to him all at once, but he signs a $500 million contract. He gets engaged. He doesn't have as much time. It's just, it's all set up for a letdown. I'm not saying Patrick Mahomes is going to have a horrible season. I'm not even saying he's going to have a horrible first game. I'm just saying that they're not going to beat Houston by more than nine, a team, by the way, that's pissed off that watched the team that they had down, what, 30 points or close to it, go on and win the Super Bowl. They're sitting there saying, that should have been us. That should have been us. That We're going to sit there and watch them hoist the We the were trophy. better than them for a quarter and a half. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, here's the other thing. Patrick Mahomes, great guy, but the Watson kids, no bum, their numbers are almost identical from a year ago. So I like this, the, the, the skill players on the Kansas City Chiefs better than, than what's down there in Houston. Uh, don't get me wrong. If I owned the Texans and I woke up and my coach had traded away my best wide receiver, maybe the best receiver in the NFL – I would have put him in concrete blocks of shoes and taken him out into Houston Harbor. Uh, that was unbelievable. Can't believe that's what he did. But, 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 but then they gave him $160 million and Deshaun Watson's like, ah, okay. Yeah. I mean, we'll losing hop, losing we'll kind of sucks, but I, I think I can make this work, especially with the no state income tax. I'll be all right. I'll throw it to Will, uh, Will Fuller about 30 times a game. Till he hurts his hamstring again. <laughs> So, I mean, I think it's going to be a good game. I think Kansas City wins it, but they're going to win it by a field goal. It's going to be 23-20. Yeah, I'm going to I, I'm definitely I'm going to take the Texans to cover that 9. I mean, that's saying. just a huge number with all with everything that's gone on in the offseason. They got some really good players. Hey, JJ Watts back. He's supposedly as healthy as he's been in a long time. So, you well, got some the difference thing. makers. 9 points is a huge line in the NFL anytime, much less coming out in the first game when there's been no preseason. There's going to be procedure penalties. There's going to be holding. There's going to be all kinds of sloppy play out there. So I think it's going to be a low-scoring affair. Yeah, and I I feel – I never feel bad for the handicappers, the people, you know, setting these lines, right, but – I don't know how you factor in home field advantage. Now, there are going to be fans at Arrowhead. Uh, It's obviously not going to be full, but there's going to be fans there. But normally, you know, the opener after winning a Super Bowl, the stadium would be breathing fire. And it's just going to be weird. And I, I don't know how professional football players are going to react to it. Because it is going to be very, very weird. One more NFL game that I wanted to look at. Bring it up real quick. You remember um, we brought this this up earlier uh, whenever we were talking with your boy from the Cleveland Browns, the old uh, tackle, and remember what he said. He loves it, right? He, whenever the defense can't get amped up and can't, uh, you know, 
they got to try and create their own energy. Joe Thomas is like, give me the dead quiet all day long. Let me just sit there. I know whenever he's going to be coming off the football, uh, that feeds right into my hands. So that's another thing is like, I, you know, I, I like the away team, like typically whenever you're go you're out there on offense and the, the crowd's into it, it's third down and we're getting everyone going. That's not going to happen. It's going to be dead quiet in there. So I think that's another advantage to Houston. Yeah. I, I'm with you. I think it's going to be a close football. I hope it's a close football game. I, I just want to be entertained. Now, one more NFL game I wanted to take a look at, Ted, just because of all the local flavor in it. The Browns will be traveling to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Got Baker Mayfield versus Lamar Jackson and all the OU guys on the Ravens, right? Mark Andrews, uh, Hollywood, Orlando Brown, Ben Powers. Oh, now I I cannot forget. That's on me. Baker Mayfield and Austin Seibert take on Lamar Jackson (laughs) and all the OU guys. I don't want to forget Seibert. Kickers matter, Teddy. But – this is this obviously is an important football game when you start, but it's it's going to be really interesting to see what the Browns look like now. The spread, Baltimore's favored by eight, which is pretty substantial. And did like the, the Browns, Browns go in? Didn't they go in to beat them last year early in the season? Yeah, and I I like the Browns to cover the eight. I, I mean, I really do. I. I think Baker and that Cleveland offense are going to be much better under Kevin Stefanski. They've got one of the best running backs in the league with Nick Chubb. They've got two really good wide receivers still with Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. Even though this week has been, um, let's say, interesting for Odell Beckham Jr. Hey, man, let your freak flag fly, Odell. No judgment here. You're into what you're into. I do want to say, let, let me get off on a little tangent real quick. Listen, one thing that I, that I hate is people that think they're the only person on planet Earth that thought of a joke. Like anyone that, that thought that they came up with Odell being a number two receiver and thought that they were the only person that was going to come up with that joke. Come on, man. Like, that's where everyone's mind when anyone that made a Cleveland steamer joke, like, come on, we all thought of the same jokes. You're not special. Stop acting like someone stole your joke. Shut up. We all thought of it, but it's still fun to say, right? It's hilarious. It's still fun to say, which, um, all the Ravens guys, you know how it is, Gabe out there on the field, especially whenever the crowd's not going to be as loud as usual. How much talking you think he's going to hear about that? Well, Okay. And I've been thinking a lot about this because how can you hear a story like this and not? And if you don't know what we're talking about, here's what happened. There was this podcast. A girl said that Odell Beckham likes getting pooped on. That's the, that is the summary, the short summary. Okay, there you go. Now you're informed. It's kind of the long summary too. I yeah. mean, that's, that's pretty much it. Well, it depends on how much fiber she's been having, if whether True. it's short or long. Quick, it, never mind. That's a different discussion. <laughs> but it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun game. I, I think that I think it's gonna be really competitive. These are two teams that don't particularly like each other. So I, I'm just excited to see what Baker Mayfield 
looks like. I think Kevin Stefanski is going to put him in much better situations than we saw for him last season. I I think they're going to lean on Chubb. I think that's going to set up a lot of the play action. They addressed their tackle problem in the draft with the Wills kid from Bama. And I just I think this is going to be a really competitive football game. Now I know the Ravens, they've got the running game, right? Mark Ingram, uh, Justice Hill's questionable for the game, but don't forget they got J.K. Dobbins in the second round. He's going to be a weapon for them. So, I mean, there's all kinds of really, really good players on this field. And this, this is probably the NFL game that I'm most excited to watch. Yeah. I did want to get your opinion, though. Um, do you believe the girl or not on the podcast? <laughs> I don't. I don't. No? But, you know, Odell's kind of a different dude. He's kind of a different dude. But, and listen, if that's his thing, man, listen. We all have weird things about us. Whether you want to admit it or not, it could be something you do in the bedroom. It could be <laughs> something you do, you know, just all, there, there's all kinds of weird quirks about everyone, right? If that's what he's into, man. Hey, if that was this is this is one thing that I have really grown to appreciate during this horrible fucking year. If something makes you happy, do it. If that makes Odell Beckham Jr. happy, guess what? He should keep doing it. And I know that or, sounds crazy, but listen, if that's his thing, man, and you find people that want to help you out with that, then hey. Be my guest. Do what makes you happy, people. Do it. Well, do it, but wait until after the season. I mean, come on, dude. You don't want to catch the virus that way. <laughs> right? You see, they've they've been uh they've been stuttering a lot of a lot of sewage water. I don't know if you've seen yeah. those stories around poo. the country. Yeah. A lot, a lot of poo. Of poo. Who do you, we gotten just completely <laughs> off the rails. Who do you like now? I, give me the Browns plus eight. I think that's going to be a really close football game. I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns win. Fully agree, 100%. Um, this is the, man, the one thing I'm most interested about the Browns, you got the wideouts. You got the tight ends. Uh, you've got a, a great group of running backs. You drafted a number one tackle. You signed a tackle in free agency. You got a new offensive coordinator, new head coach. Dude, there's – I mean, what else can you say if Baker Mayfield doesn't have a good year? I mean – No, it's on him. This is his – This is it. What, it's, it's on him. It's yeah. on him. Now, those guys have to play well. Don't get me wrong. But Correct. you're not going to have the excuses that you've had in the past with the offensive line. And, and he all knows that. I mean, he knows no, that, right? Absolutely. And I wonder – I'm interested to see, like, how his team responds to him if, if they've got his back, if, they, if he's got their respect. But I think it's going to be a tight football game. I'm with you 100%. When in doubt, a field goal settles it. Give me the Browns in the eight. Yeah, I'm with you. That was fun. Talking yeah. about actual football games that are going to happen. And, uh, gosh, that's just, that's just so much fun. All right, let's move on to our winners and losers of the week. And Teddy's winners and losers are brought to you by Advanced Weight Loss Clinic of Sand Springs. They'll help you execute a realistic and achievable weight loss plan designed for you and only you. 
They've got all kinds of treatments for men and women. They're licensed and trained experts. Combine diet and exercise with hormone therapies to maximize your results. If you're struggling with low libido or low energy, Advanced Weight Loss Clinic of Sand Springs can help with that too. They also offer Botox and fillers. To get on the path to losing weight, call 918-241-LOSE or visit their Facebook page. If you mention the podcast, you will get a free fat burner injection. All right, Ted, who do you have as your winner of the week? Uh, I'm going with CeeDee Lamb, winner of the week. Uh, Amari Cooper nursing a little bit of a hamstring. And the rumor out of Dallas, Texas right now, Gabe, is that CeeDee Lamb is the best wide receiver on the roster in Dallas. So I know that doesn't come to a big shock to a lot of folks around here that have been watching him for several years. But I think my man is about to have a blowout season in Dallas. They had some talk like they're going to have three receivers go over 1,000. I don't know if Amari Cooper is going to stay healthy. He's going to be nursing that hamstring uh, throughout the year. Once you start to get a hamstring to bite, it never is really right until the offseason. So I think C.D. Lamb is set up to take over that number one wide receiver role in Dallas, and that is big time. Yeah, and – how about a, quite the setting for your first NFL game, right? Going to Los Angeles to play the Rams mm. in that new spaceship they built. awesome. Oh, and you – Sunday night football, NBC. I mean, how pissed are they that they worked their asses off to get that stadium done in time for the opener – for the NFL to get underway and there's not going to be anyone in it. Yeah, that sucks. That's horrible. I don't, I don't think NBC is going to get the B roll, you know, the kind of the shots that they were expecting when they uh, put that one on the schedule. It's just about, and here's all the beautiful empty seats. Oh my gosh. Can you superimpose uh, the horrible Oakland stadium and the fans there into the stadium in Las Vegas? I don't think that'll work. Yeah. I don't, I don't think so. It'll still be awesome though. Wait, don't they play the Rams? Is that right? I think they play the Rams. Am I crazy? Maybe so. I don't know. Eh, I think it's the Rams. I could be wrong. Hey, who knows? Who do you have as your loser of the week? Um, Sam Presti. I'm sorry, mm. Gabe. I'm sorry, Gabe. You may mm. have to plug your ears on this one. Um, I hoped this team was going to win a playoff series. I did. But we haven't won a playoff series in a long time. Um, I watched James Harden go bye-bye. I watched Kevin Durant go bye-bye. Serge Ibaka, Russell Westbrook, and now the best coach they've had, Billy Donovan. All gone. And I'm sorry to say this. I'm a Thunder fan. I love the team. I love watching the team. But when James Harden went to Houston, the only chance ever, and it hurts to say this, the only chance ever for Oklahoma City to win a championship was right there. That was it. A couple of million bucks. 
And now we've got three MVPs all on different teams now. We're about to do a hard reset. Probably going to trade Chris Paul away. And we're going to be in Loserville for several years. Mm. Yeah, we're going to. We're going to talk a little bit more about Billy D and keeping it local. So I'm just going to let uh, that roller coaster of pain you just put me through. Uh, I'm, I'm going to set that aside. Okay. And then I'll bring it back later. But yeah, I, I have some thoughts. I have some thoughts. Now, my winners and losers are brought to you by Sound Advice. A lot of us are going to be watching our favorite football teams from home this year, which is why you need to get ready for game day with a home theater system from our friends at Sound Advice. Sound Advice can customize your home entertainment system indoors or outdoors. Sound Advice did the Wi-Fi network and the audio-visual work at my new house, and it is awesome. They hide all the wires and cable boxes, so it looks great, and I can control every TV in my house from my phone. My internet has been flawless for the best home theater systems in the Oklahoma City area, call Sound Advice at 405-549-3880 or visit soundadviceokc.com. All right, Ted, my winner of the week. Now, I thought about going with Odell Beckham Jr. We've covered that. Once again, let your freak flag fly, Odell. <laughs> now, I also considered just making all of us winners of the week because – Chris Jenner announced that keeping up with the Kardashians is ending in 2021, and that should be celebrated. But you celebrating that because Kim can't have keeping up with the Kardashians when she's first lady of the United States? Is that why we're winners? Or <laughs> well, maybe no? they'll turn that into a show. I don't, I don't know, but I just I'm tired of having to pretend that I want like have any interest in watching that show. I have none. But uh, my winners of the week are people that like gambling on college football. And I know we already wet the beak today, but Colorado announced a partnership with PointsBet to become their official sports betting partner. And it's a five-year deal. We wondered how some schools may make up the lost revenue from this year. Well, people love to gamble on sports. And being the official sports gambling partner has a nice ring to it. Now, according to Sportico.com, PointsBet will have signs at Colorado's basketball arena and football stadium, and they will have a media presence. They've also put like an educational spin on this whole thing, which, okay, I don't know who you're trying to fool, but this is why people that gamble on college football are the winners of the week. I believe this is the first step in many steps. It'll take a while to get there. I, I don't think it'll take that long for pro sports, but it'll take a while for college athletics to get there. This is the first step to people being allowed to place wagers at betting windows in college football stadiums. This is the first step that is going to happen eventually in Colorado just made everyone realize that that is going to happen. And I think a lot of people that gamble, once again, I don't gamble on college football. I don't need that stress in my life. But there's a lot of gamblers that saw this today and went, 
Yes. Yes. It's the ability to walk up to a window and place a, a quick little wager on the game or at halftime go hit a second half uh, bet or something like that. That's going to be – it's going to be cool whenever it happens. My concern is the university like going in as a partner, so to speak. Um, because like there, it gets wishy-washy. If the people that are ultimately in charge of the football team are, are also partners with the bookkeeping group, well, there could be a fine line between what's tampering, what's what's not. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like you would hope that something like that doesn't go on, but you know, does points bet say, "Hey, dude, listen, we're heavy on Colorado right now. We need you guys to win. You can't suspend Joe Blow for the game. If he doesn't play, we're going to get hammered. And you're partners with us. Do you want to get hammered?" You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's kind I, of the weird part of it for me. Yeah, it that, is. It's, it's definitely interesting. There, I'm, I'm sure there's some uh, established uh, split there. There's a safeguard, safe protection in between there. You yeah, would hope, but but I, I'm down. I'm, I'm game for it. I think it's, I think it's going to be great. I think it's the, I think it's the next big boom in sports. Yeah. So. Congrats to all you gamblers out there. Now, my loser of the week, thought about doing Lubies and Fuddruckers, uh, RIP, but I, I just didn't want to get too emotional. So I, I am going with ACC basketball coaches as my losers of the week. So I, I, thought, I kind of thought this story was fake when I read it. I'm not going to lie. But I guess the ACC basketball coaches, led by Coach K, they put together a proposal that would include every Division I team in the NCAA basketball tournament. Yeah, no, I, you heard what I said. Now, I guess in their minds, it's a way they think they can avoid non-conference games uh, but they also then said the main focus is the health and safety of their players, and, and that's when they lost me. Because if they're trying to use the health and safety you know, from the coronavirus as the excuse, there are 346 teams in Division I basketball eligible for the NCAA tournament this year. One of them is not Oklahoma State, just a reminder. But 346, how the hell is getting that many teams involved best for the player's health and safety? Someone please explain that to me. Someone please, and I don't care how you do it. Hey, we're going to do it in bubbles. We're going to do it like the logistics of that are ridiculously difficult. And let's. Not, not to mention how much money that would cost, but I, I don't understand. And don't they know the entire NCAA office is furloughed? Like, who's going to organize this? Yeah, I mean, it, here's what, like, you'd end up having, like, 
four 80-some team tournaments, and whoever wins each tournament would be your final four would probably be the way that you do it. Um, I, I guess the thinking is that the for thinking instance, is stupid, right? <laughs> but like, let's say the big 12 plans on starting uh, college basketball in November. Well, teams in California aren't going to get to start until January and teams in New York or on the East coast may not get to start until February. So, how are you some teams aren't going to have an honest opportunity to make the tournament so you just let everyone in i mean i understand the thinking but you got to have you got to sell me on a little bit something better than we'll just let everyone in let's just have everyone guys huh come on come on it'll i have a hard enough time filling out a bracket as it is how the hell do you expect me to fill out a 346-team bracket? I'm not going to oh, do it. What does that bracket even look like? And I, <laughs> if, if, it's, if it's all about the health of players, like how's the team that gets the 346 seed going to feel? What that's gonna, what's that going to do to their that's mental the middle, health, guys? mental health for that team. Come on. Come on. That could shatter their psyches. Like, come on. Let's see. You are the, you're the 120 seed. In your region, <laughs> I just uh, you, you can't you can't do that to the kids. You just can't. Oh, what I saw, I, I still couldn't believe that was real. I was like, really? Like, I guess they're they trying have, to get creative. They shouldn't let all three forty six in. There should be uh, three forty two and four teams. The worst of the three forty six have to have a play in to get into the tournament. Oh my gosh! <laughs> that now that would be funny. <laughs> I, it's, never mind i'm on board let's do it let's do it all right ted let's finish up with everyone's favorite segment that's keeping it local where we highlight what's going on in the great state of oklahoma keep it a local is brought to you by bishop mcginnis catholic high school schools reopening in the fall parents want to provide the best possible educational experience and spiritual development for their children there's no better place for that than bishop mcginnis catholic high school a one-to-one ipad setting makes McGinnis students fully prepared to continue high-level learning from home. A 12-to-1 student-to-teacher ratio guarantees no student is overlooked in addition to athletic programs and clubs. Bishop McGinnis' college prep curriculum offers 22 AP courses. Financial aid is available. For more information, visit bmchs.org. All right, we touched on it, but Billy Donovan will not return as the head coach of the Oklahoma City Thunder, Sam Presti said that they couldn't give Billy D the information on the future of the organization that he was looking for, especially when it comes to the next few seasons here for the Thunder. I guess they drank some cheap beer together, which, of course, guys that make millions and millions of dollars drinking cheap beer, that that actually makes me really happy. Good for them. Don't change. Don't change just because you have a ton of money. But it, it is a little interesting because it seems like Billy Donovan would have been the perfect guy to do a complete rebuild with a young core. And it, it seems like the guys that are, you know, the young core now for the Thunder, what, probably 
Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Lou Dort after that Game 7 dominance, and Darius Baisley. I think the organization loved what they saw from from him in the bubble. But I, I guess maybe Billy Donovan just wasn't into that. Maybe he wasn't up for it. Now, he's only 55 years old, so he's in an interesting part of his career. But I wonder if it can be as simple as money. I, I, I really wonder because you, you got to remember, he was making almost $6 million a year. So I mean, he was getting paid very, very well. And maybe he wasn't interested in making less. Maybe the Thunder weren't interested in paying him what he's been getting paid because there, there is a financial reality to all of this stuff. We're talking about the reduced revenues in the NBA because of the coronavirus, um, kind of the mystery of what's going to be happening with fans in the stands next year. You got Daryl Morey and the whole China thing to still factor in. I know a lot of people have forgotten about that, but that's taken a big chunk away from the NBA. And I know they said they're going to try to keep the cap near the same number, but maybe the Thunder are just looking for a cheaper option now that maybe Billy said, hey, I'm not taking less, and I don't blame him. He just won Coach of the Year, right, as voted by his peers, by coaches. So it it just sucks. It sucks because it seems like he'd be the perfect guy for this situation, Teddy. I agree, which that's why I find it shocking. Uh, Sam Presti said that they couldn't give – Billy Donovan, the information on the future of the organization for the next couple of seasons that he was looking for. How could they not give him the information? Do they not know what they're going to do? Do they not have a plan for the future? I mean, that seems like a very strange answer to me. I 100% agree with you because Sam Presti seems like a guy that always has a plan. Always Now, he always has a long term right in mind Mm -hmm. you got to remember that small market built through the draft you know you're not going to get the big names and free agency stuff like that he's got all the draft picks but I don't know it what the hell's going to happen with Chris Paul like that's a question where if Billy Donovan says hey what's the plan with Chris Paul I mean you could say we're going to trade him we're going to get you some good players that you can use but I don't know if anyone has a realistic picture of what the Chris Paul trade market looks like right now. I know a lot of people are playing with the trade like. machine. I know what it looks like. It looks like Odell Beckham's chest <laughs> after a session with his girlfriend on the podcast is what it looks like. Chris Paul's 35 plus years old and he makes $45 million a year. And this is the first time in forever that he's made it through a season healthy it's not an expi like if he had an expiring 45 million dollar a year contract okay people want to get that off the books yeah we'll eat it for a year we got chris paul we'll get we can get 45 mil off the books, sure but i mean I, I this year did him a lot of good staying healthy and 
taking the the thunder to where they went in the playoffs and, and an not, opportunity to move forward that and i i don't think the stuff he did off the court as the president of the players association i i, I think that stuff helped him as well sure i mean because he's gotten a ton of positive press from that and showed great leadership off the court so i just don't know it, it seems like the thunder will have to take on some bad expiring contracts something like that so i i just saw this and i i know this year was supposed to be you know what the repositioning right and it turned out to be a lot of fun to watch this basketball team should we prepare ourselves for hopefully not more than one but it's very possible that things get a little rough watching this team next year. Now, depending on what happens in the offseason, I guess you never know. We'll see how the draft goes. Maybe you get extremely lucky in the late first round. I, I doubt it. But I think it could uh, – we're used to this team going to the playoffs. I mean, you hear us bitch every year in the last four years about first-round exits. We're bitching and bitching and bitching but at least we were in the playoffs. Mm. It's not a, it's not a good time economically to have a terrible basketball team either. Um, you know, the, the amount of money that that team brought into Oklahoma city, the economic development, the money that they've poured into downtown, the, the Omni that they're just building right now, scissor tail park, all that stuff. And it's still going to be great. It's still going to be beautiful. And there's still, going to be great stuff down there but it would sure go a long way if you had a playoff contender that's going to the western conference finals every year um so uh it's frustrating but you know how the draft goes man you're you're one special pick away that people just didn't see happening there's a steph curry out there there's a there's a Giannis out there there's a, you know, there's, there's, those players are out there and you never know whenever you're going to stumble across that guy. So yep. that's what you got to hope for, man. Yeah. And we'll see what kind of trade packages. Preston. Thoughts on the coach? Who do you think they're going to go with the coach? I got, I was thinking about it earlier and I mean, no coach that is a big name right now is going to want this job. Let's just, let's be real. We need – it's almost like you feel – this sounds stupid. Let's find the next Brad Stevens. <laughs> I know that sounds ridiculous now. Obviously, he was extremely accomplished in college before he took the Celtics job. But I think you look – you got young players. I think, I think they'll go with more of a – a younger guy that you can get on a cheaper deal. Maybe the deal's a little, you know, it's it's shorter term, something like that. But I honestly, I got no idea. I know it's not going to be Bill Self, so people stop bringing Bill Self up. Stop bringing Greg Popovich up. Like, come on. What about Becky happen. Hammond, though? I've heard that thrown out there. That would be really interesting. A lot of people have been rallying for her to, to get a job somewhere. Yeah, and listen – if she crushes the interview, clearly she's been under a pop. And we've, we've seen her coach them in summer league and 
damn, I mean, it looks like she's coaching them some of these games with the Spurs, right? You remember what happened with Pop's wife. So that'd be kind of cool. And that's yeah. a, that, that is a way to create buzz around the team. I, Someone asked me about what I thought about it. It's like, I have no idea what I think about it. Like, I don't know. I don't can know she how coach, that dynamic there's, would work. There's one question. Can she coach or can she not? Mm-hmm. I, that's, it. That, that's it. I, mean, I, don't, it, I don't care if she's – it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what race, religion, gender, it doesn't matter. If you can coach, you can coach. Now, I know what you're saying, Ted, when it comes to, you know, respect factor – with the players, you know, there's a reason. I mean, but that's it, though. If you can coach, like, the 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 players can sift not, sniff out a fraud instantly and, and can say – She's supposedly like an X's and O's just wizard. Right. If she's not and they don't feel like they're getting the best out of their game, like, it would get ugly real quick. I, now, I'm not saying that it would – I have no idea. Don't know anything about the way she coaches, but – if the players get wind of it being like some type of um, attention-getting scheme, then it'll be a disaster. But if the players around the league that have played there in San Antonio have great things to say and uh, have a respect and believe in what she's teaching and, and she can get the, the group to listen and buy in and, and give the message, then I'm all for it. I don't care. I just want a team that improves year over year, that your your young players develop and turn into stars. Just as long as they don't end up playing the way the Rockets play. Please don't make me watch that. Don't make me watch that for 82 games, please. Did you see that heat map of the NF or the NBA playoffs compared to 20 years ago? Yeah, it's insane. It's the exact opposite. It's amazing. It's insane. But I, I do want to say this about Billy Donovan. Um, you can say what you want about his coaching job, and you go back and look what he won 61% of his regular season games. That's really damn good. But, yeah. Especially they come the up, hand he was dealt. Yeah. I mean, did not have that consistency, right, and had to deal with big-name guys being free agents, stuff like that. And I, I will say this. He was a tremendous man. And uh, I know this from some firsthand stories. I've heard some secondhand stories. But I'm going to miss a guy like that representing Oklahoma City. Because even if he had shortcomings as a coach, right? Got guy got a ton of criticism, right? You couldn't get control of Westbrook, couldn't make Durant and Westbrook work. I think he proved a ton of people wrong this year and showed the type of coach he was, but he has always showed us the type of human being he is. And you can find story after story after story. I'm going to miss seeing the guy at church. <laughs> I mean, you go to the same church, Christ King here in Oklahoma city. I'm, I'm just going to miss. Live in Florida in the off season. Is that where he's, he's like his home is? I can't imagine he doesn't, right? I mean, yeah. with his ties there, but it's it 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 was always always fun having such a class act represent your city. And 
he was always kind to everyone he came in contact with, was incredibly kind to the media, to the fans, to everyone. And I'm, I'm just going to miss him. I'm going to miss him because you don't know what the next coach is going to be like. So I know some people may be happy that Billy Donovan's gone, but I'm going to miss that guy being around because he was an absolute delight. I mean, I, he, I, I hats off to him because I always say this, this is why I would suck as a coach. Uh, coming in after a loss, a tight loss, and someone asking, well, what happened out there? I would uh, grab the camera and say, Westbrook won't listen to anything I say. Right? It's just like you – he's doing everything he can to try and get the best out of a team, and a lot of times the guy that's supposed to be your ultimate leader is at the end of the bench and – feels like he's even if he's not tuning you out you would like that your players looking you in the eye and saying yes coach I like that coach I'm with you coach that's what I want to do guys we buy in let's go do it instead of like walking around acting like you don't care that has to be as a guy that cut his teeth in coaching in college basketball where you get that type of feedback with your guys that had to be a brutal way to uh to try and coach and get your message across to guys but Never once. I can't recall. Never. Never threw one of his players under the bus. Never. And we talk about it all the time. That's a sign of great leadership and great coaching. You put it all on yourself. And I'm going to miss him, man. We, we just let the coach of the year walk. Yeah, that's great. All right. And on that, that note. Coach of the year, MVP. Oh, okay, I'll stop. Yeah. I'll stop, Gabe. <sighs> all right. <laughs> Episode 41 in the books. We'll have a new podcast that'll drop Monday morning, and it will be a game, game recap. recap. Game yes. recap, which uh, we can only hope will be a slaughter of the Bears. Uh, just a reminder, you can hear Teddy from 2 to 6 on Sports Talk 1400. You can hear me on SiriusXM, Big 12 Radio, Channel 375. Hope you all have a great weekend. Until next time, we appreciate you all for listening. And do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other.